up, the nation? How are we doing? Everybody good? We awake? Alive? That worship was good, man. Can we give it for your worship team? And they're just, that was some good worship. Listen, uh, I just want you guys to know, every time I get a chance to come hang out with Elevation, I'm, I'm honored, man. I love this ministry. I love what you guys do. And just hearing Pastor Amir share about being uh, people that serve the church, I'm, our ministries across the state benefit from that all the time, the way you guys serve and the way you give. And, you know, that starts um, in, in everybody's heart. But, man, I think it starts from the top down, and that is my Arab brother, Amir. Uh, can we give it up for your pastor, Pastor Amir? You the man. Come on, man. It's your pastor. I want to hear Freaking go for it. He's awesome. Okay, I love Amir. Uh, I really, when he started singing earlier, it sounded so Arab. That's what made me think of it. <laughs> Very nice. It just, it's... It was just so good. Anyway, okay, um, I'm glad I'm here. Moving on. Listen, this this place is, is awesome. I love Conway, Arkansas. I love that, love that I get to talk about this message tonight. But we are going to be talking about something that is very important. It's very serious, and uh, we're going to have some fun with it. But i got to dive right in. Our topic tonight is temptation. We're talking about temptations, and, and specifically this, this message is called temptation trap, because many times that's exactly what temptation does. It traps us, and it gets us where we least expect it. And so, uh, you know, temptation, the thing about it is it ranges from the ridiculous, you know, things like Reese's peanut butter cups. Like, I mean, I'm just telling you right now, man, one of the things I look forward most about with heaven is I think you can just eat as much as you want there. I'm pretty sure, like, that's biblical. Like, there's feasts and stuff. And if it's not, well, then I'm going to be angry at God. I'm kidding. But, but like, I'm serious. Like, I, I just think when I get there, I'm going to be pounding Reese's peanut butter cups. Just like, hey, what's up, Joseph? How you doing? <laughs> I'm just eating Reese's. Anyway, I'm getting excited. That's the one time I look forward to death. Anyhow, um... <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so it gets from the ridiculous to serious things, like the Razorbacks. Yeah. And how we're all tempted to feel a lot like this little guy. Can we just, let's, we got a little video for you. Somebody. <laughs> yeah, play it. Well, we, let's start it off. Can we cue that up again? All right, so if you've ever been tempted to feel this way, uh, I don't want to go to the football game ever again because the Razorbacks always lose. That's what he said. Uh, and by the way, I've determined that our current team here at UCA could destroy the Hogs. I believe that, seriously. Okay, so uh, they, they, the temptation range ranges from all sorts of different things. My wife bakes brownies every once in a while. And if you've heard me preach before about temptation, you've heard me talk about brownies. Because she, these brownies, they're so good. I mean, I, I, I literally, I get them, and, I, when, and she, she makes them, and she's like, oh, Chris, I'm, she's German. She's like, I'm baking brownies for you. And I literally get frustrated. I'm like, I can't believe it. It's like, why are you angry? Delicious goodness is coming, you know? I'm like, cat, because you know what's going to happen. I'm going to eat them all. And she's like, why can't you control yourself? I'm like, I can't do it. So good. And so every time she bakes the brownies, and then the brownies come out of the oven, I'm telling you, man, whew, oh, man, so I just want these brownies right now. They're, like, so gooey. They're so good. And, like, I, I, cut, I cut, like, a big centerpiece out. I mean, a, I mean, like, a giant piece, and I put it in a bowl, and then I, I like, start dolloping just 
delicious vanilla ice cream on top of it, and it hits the, the brownie, and the brownie literally sinks a little bit. And then, like, this vanilla goodness just starts drizzling over it, and I'm just like, get in my belly. You know, I just get so excited. And I just eat these brownies, and literally, I kid you not, I know that it, I tell her, I'm like, I'm going to eat every one of them. She's like, well, give some away. We're having people over. And then when people are coming over, this happens every time. I'm like, cat. Where are the brownies? She's like, why are you going to give them away? I'm like, heck no, I'm hiding them. I'm hiding the brownies because I have to eat them later. You know, like I stash these brownies and I binge eat them for about two to three days. I'm not proud of it, but I am all the same time. I don't know. It's this weird situation. Anyway, temptation, you guys, is a lot like this. I know this is a crazy way to turn into something serious, but temptation is something that we know it's detrimental, <laughs> We, we know that we need to avoid it. We've even been warned that this is going to hurt us. This is something that's going to consume us. But for some reason, maybe even inexplicably, we protect it. We protect this thing that we feel like we have to have. We protect this thing that we, we want to have in our life. Simultaneously, we don't want it. We think it's good for us, but we know it's not good for us. Temptation is a very confusing topic. It's a very confusing thing, and I think we've got to look into it. Now, this scripture I'm about to read to you, it's talking about sexual temptation, but, but really I believe it could, it could go into any kind of temptation. Listen to this, Proverbs 5, 24 through 27. So my sons, listen to me. This is a father pleading. Listen to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways, to temptation's ways is what I'm, the way I'm reading it. Do not turn aside to temptation's paths for temptation, for she has hurt so many, destroyed so many others. She's killed a great number. Her house is the way to hell, going down into the rooms of death. That's it, guys. We're done. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> you know, like that is, that's intense. But that's the power of temptation that it can have over our lives. And anybody in here who's, who's going to be real knows that temptation can do that to you. It can tear you up. It can mess you up. Now, please, everybody look here for just a second. I'm going to talk about some things tonight, okay, that, that we've all messed up in. I don't want anybody in here to get, like, be on the edge of their seat right now going, oh, this is going to be one of those messages where somebody's going to be in my face or telling me how I've done so many things wrong. In fact, guys, tonight we're going to do just the opposite. We're going to focus on the power of grace. We're going to learn about how God gives us ways to overcome temptation, identify temptation. But, guys, we've got to be real about it. We've got to look at how these things can happen, that they can really get us off course. In fact, I've been talking to some different pastors recently, They've been telling me, like, there's a few times in our church, and I've noticed this too, where temptation just seems to be at an all-time high. One of those times is the summer. A lot of people are traveling. <laughs> a lot of people are places where there's a lot of temptation. A lot of college people are places where there's a lot of temptation. That's one time. But another time, interestingly enough, is the fall. And here's why, because it's so dang busy. I heard somebody say once, let me read this the right way. When fatigue walks in, faith walks out. We're so busy, elevation, young adults, college age. We're so busy. We've got so much going on. When fatigue walks in, faith walks out. Come on. How many of you know when you're, you're most tired, you're most worn out, those temptations suddenly start to get the win, right? And here's why. It's because you've got new classes starting. You've got sports going on. You've got friends doing this and that. All these things, all these things pulling you in different directions. And all of a sudden, the enemy goes, I got you. I know you're tired. I know you can't fight anymore, so I see you. And I know how I can get to you. 
So if the enemy is doing that, which he is, we've got to be ready to fight back. And just so that we know that we're not alone in this, guys, I want to be real with you. I've dealt with some mega temptation in my life, some big time things that nearly destroyed my marriage. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Early on, when I was in my early 20s, mine was lust, temptation in this area. I was already married, and, and, it, and it nearly destroyed my marriage. Now, people say all the time, was it that temptation? Was it you acting on those things? And I, I tell them all the time, no, 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 it was not that. Here's what it is. One temptation always leads to another. That temptation of lust, me falling into that, all of a sudden led to the temptation and me buying into being angry and frustrated all the time because I felt like I couldn't control the things that were going on. That temptation that I fell into and dabbled into led to my wife falling into a temptation of insecurity and fear. And all of a sudden we were looking at each other going, this is over because all we were doing is fighting. All we were doing was being angry with each other. Thank God for grace. Thank God that he rescued us. And where I'm here to, I can talk to you guys about this story, but I wanted to share just a little bit of that to let you know. Temptation is the real deal. It can get you. It can hurt you. And I think of uh, sometimes just when, when you see a sale sign, you know, at a store. I don't know if you've ever done this. And you're like, this is amazing. And it says everything, you know, whatever, like 60% off or whatever. And you're just like, are you kidding me? Thank you. Jesus, and you go in there, but it's always the crappy stuff, the 60% off, and I want to take, like, the, the little mannequin and just headbutt it, you know, I'm like, come on, man, I want what's on you, not with that crap bin over there with 60% off, but what happens? You walk into the store on the, based on the sale, 60% off, but you leave with something you paid 100% for <laughs> because you liked it, and that's what temptation tries to do. It tries to say, hey, this is, it's not that big a deal. We're going to talk about this in a minute. This is not going to cost you anything. Come on in. And then you walk in, and you, you, you walk out with a lot of things you didn't want. Okay? So listen, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read this scripture, and then we're going to pray. Romans 6.23 is a very misunderstood scripture. It says, when people sin, they earn what sin pays, death. Now, everybody look at me. You read that scripture, some of you come from some really traditional roots. You come from churches where maybe some of this stuff has been preached. Now, listen, I, I'm okay with whatever church you're from, but I came from a very strict church, and I used to hear this scripture and think this is like, if you mess up, you're dead. It's over for you. Come back next week. We got cookies, you know what I mean, or whatever. You know, like that. It's like, well, maybe I'll be here. Anyway, but, but listen. That's not what that scripture, that was funny. That's not what that scripture's saying. Listen, everybody listen to me. It's not saying, you sin, it's it's, this is what, what God's trying to say. Look out. Because if you get caught up in sin, that sin's gonna lead you to some pain and some hurt. But check out what I wanna do. Let's keep reading. But God gives his people a free gift, eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. How often do we focus on the first part of that and make it into legalism instead of focusing on the full scripture and realize this is just Jesus trying to protect us. He's trying to protect us. And so listen, tonight we're gonna learn what are a few ways to identify some traps of temptation. We're gonna have fun with that. Then we're gonna learn how can we overcome temptation when we get into it. Lord, we just need you. If everybody could, let's just pray for God to show up. Lord, we all deal with this on one level or another. I believe there are a lot of people in here, God, tonight that need to hear this. God, they may be struggling. They may be in the fight of their life. God, they may have thought they've given up in an area and just thought, well, this is just gonna be the way my life is. But tonight, God, I believe there's gonna be some freedom. I believe there's gonna be some hope. God, I believe there's even gonna be other people that there's gonna be some confirmation that they're on the right path in this. 
But Lord, we just know that we can't do any of this without you. So we invite you, we welcome you, and we thank you that you're here. In Jesus' name, the nation said. All right, the four temptation traps we're going to talk about. Number one, I'm in the world, not of the world. Raise your hand if you ever heard somebody say, have you heard that before? Yeah, I'm sorry, you're writing. <laughs> it's like the worst time. <laughs> People are like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm in the world. I'm not of the world. This, this, is a, this is a teaching that Jesus talked about. Paul talked about it after him. James talked about it. And this teaching has been misconstrued many different times to be people's excuse to put themselves in compromising situations. Now, guys, I'm not saying that we aren't well-intentioned when we go into these moments and we're saying, I'm in the world, not of the world. I'm going to get in there and help somebody. But sometimes th that's not what we need to do. Sometimes there's things in our lives we have to understand. This isn't the green light to run into these areas. For instance, if you struggle with alcohol, if you struggle with drinking, if you struggle with addiction, <laughs> you don't need to be like, I'm in the world, not of the world. Where's the next kegger so I can go turn people to the Lord? You know, like, it's not a good idea. <laughs> If you're in here and you're like, you struggle with your relationships, you struggle with lust or whatever, you're like, man, I need to be in the world, not of the world, and mentor the freshman girls. You know, like, <laughs> I know you, bro. <laughs> We're going to bar you from this ministry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you guys see what I'm saying? I know I'm being ridiculous, but listen, come on. That's, those, are, those are way out there examples. But don't we do this? Don't we sometimes think, we, we, we got to understand this is the super Christian complex, None of us are super Christians. We're just believers. We need God, and we need to follow what God says. God didn't say be in the world and not of the world, so abandon all logic and just go around people to be. No, what he meant by that is as the world continues to sink into their ideas, into what they do, you rise above it by being holy and being set apart. Be in the world, not of the world. That's what that means. So, guys, be careful. We're going to talk about this later. we got to be careful. 2 Timothy 2.22 says we should run from temptations. we got to run from them, not run toward them in the, in the name of the gospel. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, trap number two. Trap number two, look, don't touch. A lot of people talk about this. My wife, like many women, she loves to shop. Any ladies just love, love shopping? Give me like a, hey, what's up, girls? Okay, anyway, so my wife loves to shop. And she'll say a lot of times, Baby, I'm just looking. <laughs> and when she says that, I just laugh and laugh. <laughs> and then I cry a little. You know, she's like, but Chris, I'm just looking, you know. And then she always calls me. And what the best thing is is when I'm with her and she's just looking. Because what happens is she's like, but Chris, this is, this is on sale. It's so cheap right here. Let us buy it. It's something good. And then, we, then, then like, a, a somebody will come over, you know, like, to help us and be like, hey, do you guys need any help? And she's like, Yes, what do you think about this shirt? Will it look good? I mean, babe, but that one's full price. Like, I know, but I'm just asking. And then, like, uh, and like, oh, it looks so good on you. Chris, do you think I can get it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, so this is happening. No. You know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to say? I'm like, of course, my German flower. Get anything you want. We're pastors. We're rich. You know? Like, like <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you know, so anyway, like, look, don't touch, man. Sometimes we walk into a store and we say, I'm just looking. I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to buy anything. But listen. Sin shopping, you always walk out buying something you wish you could take back. When you're looking at something, you're saying, I'm not really getting into it. I'm all, man, you always walk out buying something you wish you could take back. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Temptation and sin isn't just about what we touch, what we do. 
A lot of times it's about what we think and what we're allowing. And remember my testimony. A lot of times once we dig into some of that stuff, we begin to spiral. we got to be careful with that temptation trap. Trap number three, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big a deal. My uh, friendly and awesome assistant, Kendra, uh, recently engaged, by the way. Can we give her a hand? Ladies and gentlemen, Kendra is going to bring up a couple cups of coffee. Come on up here. Just you gotta you gotta walk up on the stage. I need to interview you for a second. Okay, so set. Oh, yeah, careful. Don't. How are you, Kendra? What? I'm good. Good. Do you guys know Kendra? Do you know how awesome she is? She's amazing. How, how are you feeling about your engagement? Is it going well? It's great. <laughs> okay, so what do I have there? These. What, she's really excited. I mean, that was not indicative of her true excitement. Um, Sorry. <laughs> okay, so what what is this? Premium blend? What is some Okay, thank you. You can go have a seat. Give it golf clap. Okay. Um I've got two premium blend Pike Place coffees here right here in front of me. They're warm, they're delicious, they're grande. And uh but in one of them, I've asked Seth, Kendra's lovely fiance, to put a little toilet water in them. <laughs> so one of them is just Coffee. The other has got some toilet water in it. And I don't know where he got the toilet water, probably some rancid gas station. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to take a drink of one of them and just, I'm, I don't even know which one it is. Uh, but I was going to ask if anyone would be willing right now to just take this one. I don't know if it's got it or not and drink it. Anybody? Here. I'm not kidding. I don't know what's in it. Don't really do it. I really, this could, you could get diseases, okay? Like, <laughs> let me ask you a question. If you walked into any Starbucks, and they had these two beverages sitting here, and one of them left, and they're like, man, there was a little toilet water in that one. <laughs> it's just a little. You okay with that? You're going to be like, hey, barista from hell. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of thoughts going through my mind, and it does not give you a tip, you know. <laughs> Kendrick, can you get the toilet water off? I just, I'm afraid to spill it. Here, I don't know which one it is. Just, Kendrick, get, get up here and grab these here. I'm just going to reach over and grab these. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Give it up for Kendra. A real clap. Yes. Okay. There was one person that I really thought, bro, I really thought you were going to come here up here and chug that, and it would have been great, but it would have ruined the analogy. So anyway, um, we're not going to go and drink a cup of coffee that has a little urine water in it. It's just not going to happen. But why spiritually are we allowed to say, little urine's okay? You know, like, why, why do we do that? I don't know why. I don't know why, know why we do that. It's just a little lie. It's just a few dollars I took. It was just a little peek. We just went a little bit too far. We just did a few things that we weren't supposed to do. You guys, I'm telling you, a pastor of mine, a mentor of mine named Mark Pegley, used to sit with me in his office and be like, Chris, Chris. He'd get my attention. That's how he'd say it. He's like a wrestler. He'd be like, Chris, Chris. And I'd look at him like, yes, don't hurt me. Nothing's worth getting in between you and the king. And he would just be so intense. I'd be like, Mark, your veins and your neck are popping out. And he'd be like, the king. I mean, he would just, he was intense. But listen, look at me, elevation. Nothing is worth getting between you and the king. Nothing. It's not just a little this, a little that. These little bits of things lead to bigger bits of things, and they separate us slowly from our God and our Savior. we got to be careful with that trap. Trap number four. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. Has everybody ever heard this before? Like, 
Liver blood. I mean, when I'm a, I'm a youth pastor, so I hear this all the time. Like, I'm like, like, why did you do that? Oh, bro, everybody's doing it. You know what I mean? Like, really? And I remember even when I was a kid, my mom was like, well, if everybody was jumping off a building, would you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you always turn around on your parents when they say that. Well, if everybody was, was shooting themselves in the kneecap, what would you do? I'm like, Mom, I would lock and load. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're grounded. Oh, crap. You know, that backfired. The Bible, though, is very clear about this. It says that in the end of times, things are going to get wild. Things are going to get crazy. You just read CNN a little bit, okay, and look at how crazy things are getting. But the Word of God is clear. In fact, in James, he reminds us to be mature, James 4.14, so that we are not tossed and blown about by every new teaching, so that we will be influenced by people that try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Sometimes everyone doing something might just be the sign that you shouldn't be doing it. Everyone's doing it should actually be your first cause to pause and say, wait a minute, maybe I should not be doing this thing. There's another scripture that, that I love. But listen, the, the world is telling you to do whatever you want, but the word is telling you to do something much different. Romans 12, 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You're going to learn how God's will for you, which is good and perfect and pleasing, works out. So listen, the world might be saying, hey, do whatever you want because everybody's doing it. Do whatever you think because it's fine. And, and other people do things that are worse. Why not just do this? But I'm telling you, Jesus is saying, look how I do things. Jesus says in another portion of Scripture, he says, if you'll take a look at how I live life, how I do things, I won't put anything ill-fitting on you. I'm going to help you walk through life with the unforced rhythms of grace. And when I look at my world, the people I'm pastoring, the people I'm trying to help, a lot of times I don't see people just skipping through life with the unforced rhythms of grace. I see people burdened. See, people like, oh, I can't make it. Uh -huh. What am I going to do? There's so much fear and worry and concern. I see it. And you know why? A lot of times it's because we've bought into one of these traps and said, well, it's no big deal. I'm just going to do it. Oh, it's, it's not that much of a deal. Or I'm looking. I'm not touching. Or, well, all these different things. And God's saying, hey, take a look at how I do it. I got you. I'm going to help you. And so those are, those are just four things. I want you to identify with them, to know what they are, to be able to look at them. And, and, I, and if you're walking into a place in your life and you see the temptation begins to happen and you see that coming, you'll be able to say, no, 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 hold off. This is a temptation trap. But some of you in here, you know you're in the middle of one. And you're going, okay, Chris, now what? Some of you in here, you've been at places much like I've been before where you're not even in a temptation trap. You just get hit smack dab with temptation out of nowhere. Has anybody ever had that happen? I mean, I'm telling you, this kind of, this kind of stuff is crazy. This is, <laughs> this is an ad lib story. You have to cut this from the tape, but I got to tell you this story. It's, I've, I've been trying to work it into a sermon, and I just figured out how to do it. Okay, so listen. Okay, so I told you about some of the issues that I had in my past. Well, my wife for a while... <laughs> She would get these Victoria's Secret catalogs, you know what I mean? They would come in, and, and, I was, and she would buy jeans and stuff. You can get, like, pajamas or something. I don't know what, what she was getting. Hello. Anyway, but she would, she was like, she, was, she, would have, she would set them out sometimes. They'd be sitting right there on the counter. I'd say, Kat, I'm, I'm trying to overcome this. Like, you, gotta get, you can't have this. We can't ever have this. She goes, Chris, I totally understand. I'm so sorry. Thank you for showing me. So she didn't get them anymore. So about two years later, <laughs> this guy was coming over to, to clean our, the carpets at our house. And I, and I was like, I let him in. I said, hey, man, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to be in this room right over here because you're not cleaning these carpets. I'm going to be studying. And when you're done, just knock on the door. So he gets done. He knocks on the door. He comes over. 
He's like, hey, uh, I'm finished. Carpets are clean, and I found your stash. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And he pointed to my kitchen counter where there was at least 30 to 40 Victoria's Secret <laughs> magazines just piled up. And I said, dude, those aren't mine. He said, sure they aren't. He patted me on the arm, <laughs> turned around and walked out, and I was like, holy crap. I told him I was a pastor. <laughs> He's just like, that new life church here from hell. This guy's a loser. I'm just like, bro, I promise it wasn't me. They're not mine. He's like, yeah, whatever. You're a loser. I mean, <laughs> it was just the worst thing ever. Anyway, okay. Sometimes temptation, just like that one time, I'm not even thinking about temptation. That temptation popped out. I, I wasn't, it just, bam, it was there, and it hit me. I talked to my wife. I said, babe, we got to get rid of this. <laughs> she did not do a good job of getting rid of those. But temptation can come out of nowhere. What do you do when it happens? How do you overcome it? How do you do it if you're in a trap? How do you overcome it if it jump, jumps out of nowhere? Number one, you've got to avoid temptation at all costs. You guys, this is what I was talking about earlier. You've got to flee temptation. You got to know what trips you up. Just like, just like me when I was saying, babe, you can't, we got to get rid of this. You've got to know what trips you up. Check, check out Proverbs 5 8. Let your way in life be far from her. This is a continuation of the, pro, the proverb we were reading earlier. Be far from her or temptation. And come not near the door of temptation's house. Avoid the very scenes of temptation. You got to avoid it, you got to get away from it. Guys, we got to get hardcore. I talk to a lot of wimps when it comes to temptation sometimes. They're like, man, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to overcome lust and what I look at, man. I'm like, that's, that's cool. Like, will you pray for me? I'm like, yeah, I'll pray for you, but what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I don't know. What do you think I should do? I'm like, well, do you have a computer in your room? Yeah, but, man, I can't move it out of there. i got to get studying done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? That's, you're not even going to, some of you, you need to move your computer into a freaking public place. If people ask you why, who cares if they ask? Tell them. Well, I struggle with porn, so I'm putting it out here so I don't look at that anymore, and I want to be free of it. <laughs> Throat punch to the devil. That's what I like to see happen. That's what we need to be doing. That's real. Some of you, you need to get, take out your credit card, like literally, <laughs> when you walk out and go, does anyone have some shares? You know what I mean? And just, just cut it up. You don't need your credit card. But, Chris, I need it for sustenance, Starbucks, and and then other things that I like to buy, like clothes, you know. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you, sh- you gotta, you, you got, we got to get drastic. Some of us, we have smartphones. We need dumb phones <laughs> because smartphones are dangerous. You know how many people I talk to? Like, man, I don't even have a computer, but I'm being tempted through this. And it's not just what we look at. It's what we say, what we do, what we're posting. Well, do you really want to get out of temptation? Flee temptation. You really serious about getting, getting this done, man? How about delete some social media? Let's get rid of it. Really serious about temptation? There might be some houses you need to avoid, and you know where they're at. We really serious about temptation? There might be a friend or two that's not really a friend or two that we may need to avoid. we got to flee temptation. Let's read this scripture again. Let your way in life be far from temptation. And not near the door of temptation's house. Avoid the very scenes of temptation. If we're surrounded by temptation, it's almost impossible to defeat it. I'm a competitive guy. Um, my wife makes fun of me about this all the time. Listen, those of you, there's a lot of former real life, either students or leaders in here, and you guys know 
I mean, when it get, comes to sports, I am like a psycho. Recently, we did like a dodgeball tournament, and the eighth grade team recruited me. I can't, they're, they're the black tribe, they're, so there's, you have to come out in black. I wore like these ski pants, ski, black ski pants, black shorts, black headband, black wristbands. Like, I, I was just like decked out, and we get out there, and it's the eighth grade team. And I remember like beforehand, I'm like looking in their eyes. I'm, I'm like, it's like I'm freaking Braveheart right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm walking back and forth. I'm like, we will be victorious. They're like, but Chris, they're seniors. I'm like, you think that matters? Doesn't matter. We will be victorious. They may take our lives. You know what I mean? I'm like, for these eighth graders, like, what is this guy talking about? I'm like, give me my white horse. You know, I'm like. So we get out there, and we lose the first game. It was seniors versus eighth graders. And guys, I'm not kidding. I thought I was just going to kind of have fun. It was going to be okay. And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm Like, the, some of the eighth graders, they were getting, they were, you know, they'd get the ball, and they'd be like, and they just, like, lob it. And I'm like, guys, I'm sweating my butt off over here trying to get people out. And you're lobbing the ball, and they're catching it. And then their best player's coming back in. How about you don't throw it? I'm sorry. I mean, I love you, and Jesus is good. <laughs> Next week, we're going to have a worship night, and you should come. Don't tell their parents. You know what I mean? So I, I really didn't yell that way. But in my heart, I mean, I was like, stop throwing it. So we pulled everybody aside. My boy, Mark McNair, he's one of the leaders. And I said, Mark, we got it. The girls just can't throw ever again. Is there a way? That you could tell them that without breaking their spirit because their their arms aren't built for it. I don't know. It's just it's like limp noodles trying to throw a meatball. It doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, so so he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll talk to him. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. And most of the guys either. Let's like literally. Let's just have the leaders throw, and maybe two students. And then we told them this plan. I kid you not. <laughs> We told, we said, everybody, you guys, your job is to dodge. <laughs> and like a few of the guys were like, sweet, can we do like breakdance moves in the front and taunt them? We're like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then girls, you're going to rebound and hand the balls to us. And they were like, that's cool. And so like we get out there and literally... <laughs> Like, these guys, like, you can't touch us, and, like, dancing around. And these seniors are getting ticked. Everybody's getting angry, and they're throwing the ball, and they're trying to get them out. And meanwhile, I'm just waiting for those seniors. They're trying to get out there. We had, like, 50 people on the eighth grade team, and I'm just waiting for them to lose sight of me. Then I'm like, peekaboo, boom, and it's like, I mean, nailing people in the face. It didn't matter, girl or guy. I'm taking them out. You're an 11th grader. You're not on my team. Pow, tribe lose, tribe win. You know what I mean? So anyway, so guess what happened? We won the championship. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. There's a few people that are excited. The other people are like, is he insane? <laughs> anyway, so I wasted like uh, at least five minutes of this message <laughs> gloating about that. And it, I mean, it does have something to do with it. Listen, I cannot contain myself. I'm a competitive dude. In the middle of that, I got out at one point, and I'm standing on the sidelines, and there was this one guy, and he, and he, he was in, and he got hit in the foot. It, I saw it. Ping! It just like ricocheted off his heel, and I'm like, Ref, he's out. And the ref is like, I didn't see it. And I am, I'm like screaming. <laughs> Look, he's out. I saw, you know you're out. You know you're out. And Roman Greathouse, if you don't know, it's, it's Neil's son. Okay, he's standing there. And he literally, this is exactly what he did. He goes, Pastor Chris. <laughs> and it just brought me back to reality. I'm like, you are out. You're cheating. Our team, the eighth graders are working their lives out. Here. And he's like, Pastor Chris. I'm like, yeah, it's so good, Roman. It's just, I'm just acting. Listen, 
I'm competitive. If I get in the game, it's going to be competitive. <laughs> if I play, it's going to be, it's on. You know how I can avoid being competitive? Somebody say it. Don't play. <laughs> That's it. Avoid being competitive. I can't play. I don't have an Emmy. I'm <laughs> tempted to be competitive. I fall into it every time. Sometimes the only way to get out of what you're going to fall into is don't be around it. You guys, we got to be able to flee temptation. Avoid it at all costs. Number two, we need to memorize corresponding scriptures. Once you determine what temptation is, what, what it is, guys, memorize a scripture that corresponds with your temptation. And I know that sounds like really academic. <laughs> memorize corresponding scriptures. Hmm, you know, what that means is make sure you're being fueled by the right thing. I, I, I ran a marathon one time. <laughs> Notice it only happened once because it's just stupid. Anyway, but when I was training for it, I remember I, there'd be days where I had bad runs or I would, I would cramp up and I just couldn't, couldn't move. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm not, what's going on? I'm not, I can't run right now. I'm, I'm running out of energy. And it always had to do with what I was eating and drinking and how I was fueling the days before the marathon so I could get through it so I didn't cramp up. A lot of us guys, we're like, we're trying to live our life in the world. And we're like, why do I keep cramping up in temptation? Why do I keep falling by the wayside? Why do I keep getting injured? And what's happening? Then the answer is, guys, we're not fueling on the right things. I was on my way here in like an hour and a half drive from Benton, Arkansas, where I live right now. We're building a house, and it's a long story. But anyhow, I'm driving here, and all these songs were coming on the radio. I was just, I was like listening to all these different songs, like Goo Goo Dolls came on, like Hello 90s. I was just like, thank God. I'm singing every word. You know, Bon Jovi came on, like living on a prayer. You know when it hits the key change, and it's just like, what? I was just like screaming, and you're like, thank God for 80s rock, you know, or whatever. I'm singing the songs. I know the words. And I realized, like, that's what I, I'm fueling myself on sometimes. Not that that's bad, but do I, am I fueling myself on Scripture? Because listen, when temptation comes, you're not going to be able to sing Bon Jovi and win. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like, I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride. You're roasted, temptation. <laughs> it's not happening. Started humming a Goo Goo Doll song. Like, it's not going to do you any good. Listen to me. You need to know the word. You got temptation coming at you, 1 Corinthians 10. 13, no temptation has seized you except for what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will provide you a way out so that you can stand up under it. Come on, man. I look in the word of God, I find you tempted to worry all the time. Are you a worrier in here? Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. You tempted to be fatigued, to give up. Well, the God I serve says in Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord, trust in the Lord, hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They're going to rise up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not grow weary. They're going to walk and not faint. Listen, I don't know what your temptation is. I don't know where you think you're falling, but I can tell you right now, there is a scripture in the word of God that corresponds with it. And if you will take the time to feed on it, to memorize it, to commit it to memory and to use it, you will be victorious. You know why I know? Because those three I just read, those are in my memory because I needed to use them. Because I needed to fight. And so I'm telling you in here, 
Memorize some corresponding scriptures and go at it. Fight your temptation and win. Last thing I'll say about this. Jesus, when he was, in the temp- he was tempted in the wilderness, he quoted scripture. If the King of kings and the Lord of lords had to do it, why in God's earth would we think we don't have to? If you want to overcome temptation, learn a scripture. Just one. Get it in you and use it. It'll help. Number three, we've got to surround ourselves with accountability. There's all sorts of places in the Word where it talks about this. None more, no more potent than James 5.16. It says, confess your sins to each other. Therefore, your faults, your slip-ups, your false steps, your, your offenses, your sins, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The Word of God saying, we gotta be, you're in temptation. If you're getting hit out there by different things, you've got to be surrounded by people that can help you. The Word of God says that healing will happen. When we're around each other. Another scripture says Proverbs 11 and Proverbs 11, 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. He's saying we need to be together so that we can be healed and that we can be safe. When my wife and I went to Yellowstone a couple years ago, we were hiking. It was an early morning hike. And we went out and we saw these, these guys, like these photographers. Has anybody ever been to Yellowstone? If you, if you get, a lot of you, okay, cool. When you go to Yellowstone, you know what I'm saying? If you see a photographer, you know that something cool is probably happening somewhere nearby because they're, they're capturing it. So we see this photographer, and off in the distance, I see this wolf running around. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. So we kind of go up and got our binoculars, and, and the, the photographer's like, yeah, you can look through my high-powered lens. And he starts to tell us about what he saw when he was there filming. He said, yeah, there was a herd of elk, and they were running through. But there was this one elk, and it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was pregnant, and this and it was sick, and it was lagging behind. And all of a sudden, these, these wolves just came out of the woods and just attacked it. And now that one, it's here, and it's protecting its kill. And the, and, the, and the other wolves will come back from time to time and feed on it. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. My wife loves animals. Like, she's like a super tender heart. She's like, was it painful? <laughs> you know? He's like, oh, yeah, the elk was screaming. Or something. he said something like, meh. I'm like trying to figure out what an elk screaming sounds like. My wife is like single tear, and I'm like, the circle of life. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, like, Disney painted it wrong. You know, it's like pregnant elves getting eaten or whatever, you know. Anyway, but in this moment, I, I sat there and I thought about us when we're, when, we're, when we're hit with temptation. One of the first things we do, we get, we, we get hit with temptation, we fall, and then we're wounded. But we don't want to tell anybody about it because we're ashamed. So we don't get healed, and it slows us down. And the slower we get, the further away from our pack we get, because our pack is running, our pack is moving, our pack is getting things done for God, but we're ashamed, and we don't want to be around him. We don't want to be real about it, so we fall back, and we fall back, and we fall back. All of a sudden, not only are we not healed, not only are we hurt, but now we're alone. And that's where the enemy goes, gotcha. That's where he loves it. That's when one temptation leads to another. That's when one failure leads to another. That's when something that shouldn't be defining you suddenly becomes a defining thing in your life. All that you had to do was make sure that you were surrounded by accountability so you could be honest about it. Say, I slipped up. I messed up. Well, let's pray about it. Let's get healed. Let's keep you around. Let's keep you accountable. I live by this motto. It's called above, beside, and behind. I live by this motto. Write this down. Above, beside, and behind. And here's what it is, very simply. I don't have a ton of time. It's, it's, 
You need to be sure, every young adult in here, every college-age student, I'm begging you guys, be sure you have someone who is a little older, a little wiser, could be a pastor, a life group leader, a teacher, a parent, whatever, a grandparent, somebody that's ahead of you in the game that's saying, hey, come on, this is the way to go. Let me help you find your way. Let me coach you on a few things. Let me tell you what and what not to do. Let me share with you some things that I've messed up on. we got to have somebody above us that's helping coach us, beside us. Guys, we've got to have friends beside us that are going after the same things we are. The Word of God says that the road is narrow. And many times I've thought of that as just, well, the road to salvation is narrow. That's part of it. But, guys, the road to living for God is narrow. Listen to me. Like being, living a life of confidence, right? There's a chasm of pride on either side. Living a life of humility, there's a chasm of insecurity on either side. It's a narrow road. We need people alongside us to say, hey, you're veering a little too far. Come on, man, let's make some adjustments. Have you ever gone bowling and put the bumpers up? You know what I mean? Sometimes we just need boink. We just need to just be, just get a little bumper action. We need some help. That's what our friends are there for. We also need people behind us. And, ooh, I get passionate about this one. All of you can have a voice in somebody's life. I remember when I became a pastor at New Life Church, Rick called me, and I was freaking out. I was like, man, I don't know what to do with my hands or whatever. And he's like, you're a pastor, it's okay. And he, I was like, Rick, I, I, I never thought I would be a pastor. I, I thought I was going to just play music my whole life, and that was it. And he's like, well, you're a pastor now, so let's have fun. Or, no, that's not what he said. But he goes, Chris, listen to me. He goes, all you need to be to lead is one step ahead. To lead somebody, you just need to be one step ahead of them. Some of you in here, you need to recognize you're one step ahead of a lot of people. And this can help you because you need people that are behind you that you're saying, hey, my mentor, my, my coach is helping me. My friends are beside me. And hey, hey, you come on. This is the way. This is the narrow path. We got this. Come on. And what that does is that helps us stay away from temptation because what? We're surrounded above, beside, and behind, okay? Now, speaking of that last thing I just said, behind us, who's behind us, who are we leading? The fourth way to avoid and get out of temptation, my last point tonight, is live with purpose. You guys, this, I'm telling you, if I, if I could, I just, I want everybody to understand this point, it's the biggest game changer. If you will understand, every one of you, what you're capable of doing, if you just say yes to God. I'm telling you guys, I, I, I love talking about this. Every time I, I believe that there's maybe one person in the room that'll believe it. Because so many people, I believe, walk out and go, yeah, that guy just says that. Those pastors just say those things. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Jesus is saying it. He's saying that you were crafted and created, knit together, <laughs> a perfect creation to do something that only you can do. And I'm telling you right now, for just one moment, you would believe it. Can I tell you, the counterfeit crap that the world throws at us, you will laugh at it. Why do I know this? Because the moment I said yes to God and his plan, not just yes to God, that's not enough. I said yes to God and temptation still kicked my butt. But when I said yes to God, I said yes to accountability, and I said yes to purpose, all of a sudden it was like, good luck, Satan, because you're going down every time I win, and I did. And one of the main reasons was because the counterfeit didn't, I didn't want it. I didn't even want to be around it. It was so good to live with purpose. Let me read you the scripture. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life 
marking them by baptism, threefold name. I'm going to skip to the end. Here's what it says at the very end. I will be with you as you do this. Look, look up here for a second. Why, why, why am I reading this scripture? Jesus is saying, I've commissioned you. I've commanded you. Do something. Accept the call. And if you do, I will be with you day after day after day, even up to the end of the age. If you choose to live with purpose, it comes along with some promise. And that promise is Jesus is with you, so you don't have to be intimidated. You don't have to be afraid. You get to stand up and say, I win, I conquer, because I have Christ. That song we sang earlier, one of the last songs we sang, talking about, man, he, is risen, he rose, we are victorious. That's real stuff. And so I want us to believe it. Now, I'm going to close out. And I want to be as real as I possibly can be. Tonight, we, we, did, we talked about a lot of practical stuff. Tonight, we talked about a lot of identifying things. But let's, let's be honest. Some of you in here, you're mired in some things. You're, you're deep in some things. And you know what? Amir said at the very beginning, God loves you right where you're at, but way too much to leave you there. I think, I think my favorite moment, one of my favorite moments in Scripture is when Peter, he gets out there on water, right? He's like, I'm the best, you know, I'm walking on water. And he starts to sink. And I love that part of the story because I feel like I'm sinking a lot all the time. But as he's sinking, suddenly he lifts that arm up and Jesus grabs his hand and pulls him up out of the water. Listen, whatever you're sinking in, can I tell you there's a Savior here tonight that's saying, give me your hand. Let me pick you up. Let me help you. I love you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to leave you there. And let me just say this one last thing. There's a story in the Word where there's this guy named Jacob and a guy named Esau. And the one named Esau was really hungry one time. <laughs> he was out hunting. And he came home, and his brother was trying to get him to trade his birthright. Every, all his inheritance for this cup of stew that he was making. You guys, you know this, this story in the scripture? So he comes home, Esau comes home, he's hungry, and his brother's like, I got some stew. He's like, oh, brother, I'm famished. Please give me a taste of the stew, you know. Jacob's like, only if you give me everything. Now, this is ridiculous. No one would say yes to this. But Esau says, yep, you can have it all. Just give me the cup of stew. And he eats it and he loses everything. Some of us are grabbing it. A cup of soup. And we have inheritance with the king. We got inheritance of peace. Listen to me, people in this room. You have inheritance of peace. You weary souls in here. You fearful souls in here. There is an inheritance of peace that is yours to be had. Listen, everybody in here who's, who's ashamed, oh my gosh, please hear me tonight. I've been there, man. I've been there. There is an inheritance of forgiveness. There is an inheritance of love that passes any fathom of our understanding. And he's just waiting for you to put down the cup. <laughs> Say, God, I take you over the soup. I'm putting it away. I don't want this. Those of you in here who are fearful, fear is not from God. You have an inheritance of confidence, an inheritance. You guys following me? There is an inheritance for you. Tonight, I'm asking you to choose it. Forgive me if I get epic, because like I told you, I'm a competitive guy. And can I tell you, when I get into a fight, I get competitive. Everybody look at me. We are in a fight. A fight for you and for me to stay going after God or to fall away. It's spiritual. And tonight, you know what I believe? We're going to freaking win, because we're going to choose Christ. There's an inheritance. 
choose it. Bow your heads all across the room. God, I pray.